Happy Easter. We are in the third Sunday of Easter, and this morning we turn our attention to how the disciples are responding to the death of Jesus, even after the news of his resurrection had come to them by the women who went to the tomb first, and then from Peter and John who went to see for themselves that the tomb was indeed empty. In our gospel reading for today, from the 24th chapter of Luke, beginning in the 13th verse, we see two disciples leaving Jerusalem on the road that leads to Emmaus. These are not disciples from the 11 which are left out of the group of 12. We only have 11 left because of the betrayal of Judas. But these are likely from among the 70 who are referenced earlier in the gospel account as disciples Jesus sent out to proclaim the gospel. These disciples are now leaving Jerusalem, and from the text, we can safely believe that they have no intention of returning. They are clearly disoriented and upset by the execution by means of crucifixion of Jesus, the man they had known to be the Messiah, but now, because of the crucifixion, they do not know what to think. Theologian John Nolan explains it like this. The execution of Jesus has cast them into deep gloom with all of their hopes shattered and the reports of the women and men who had visited the tomb have done no more than suspend them in a state of confusion and uncertainty. As they are walking in their gloom with their shattered hopes, with their confusion and uncertainty, they are talking about what has happened. They are talking about how it was all going so well. They were talking about Jesus having received a hero's welcome with people lining the streets and shouting Hosanna. They were talking about how, in an unexplainable twist, suddenly Jesus was taken from them, tried in a rigged trial, beaten ruthlessly, and then executed how Jesus had been hung on a cross and died with people jeering and mocking, how Jesus had been betrayed, discredited, and treated like the worst of criminals, even though he had done nothing wrong. They were asking themselves, after such a despised ending, how could they have ever believed that Jesus was the Messiah? They were talking about the reports of the women and Peter saying his body was gone, Ravings and wishful thinking, most likely. They were talking about how the truth is Jesus is dead and they need to figure out how to deal with this problem of who they are, what they are doing, how to regain the time that they wasted following Jesus and just what they would do next. They were so fixated on their perceived problems that they can see nothing else. While speaking of people trying to solve problems, the great 14th century monastic writer Thomas Akempis says, if men used as much care in uprooting vices and implanting virtues as they do in discussing problems, there would not be so much evil and scandal in the world. On the day of judgment, surely we shall not be asked what we have read, but what we have done, not how well we have spoken, but how well we have lived. In other words, do not focus on the problems. Focus on doing the work of Christ, 
or in the words of Thomas Akempis, the imitation of Christ. Focusing on the problems will almost without fail prevent us from seeing the solution to those problems. And the solution is seeking after Jesus and his will for how we should live. We have a version of this going on right now here in America and all around the world. What is the problem? Coronavirus, the resultant COVID-19. The trouble we face as a people is that few are focusing on a solution. We focus on the problem or problems as that are created. And depending on a person's priority, those problems can be radically different from one person to the next. The virus is spreading and people are dying is one problem. The economy is faltering and sending the world into an economic depression is one problem. The people who are out of work will be economically devastated is one problem. People in self-isolation and quarantine are at risk of mental health problems due to the isolation and stress of being cooped up at home is one problem. The people who are essential workers are at risk of mental health problems due to the stress of being exposed to potential infection is one problem. And we can keep going. Every day reveals another problem on which people want to focus their attention. Then to make matters worse, if I'm focused on one problem but a different person is focused on a different problem, we both jump to the same conclusion. The other person is heartless. You just want people to die versus you want to destroy untold lives through a devastated economy and so on and so forth. Compare and contrast the other person, always the one that is wrong. If a person misspeaks or is not clear in his or her meaning, heaven help that person. He or she will be raked over the coals for being insensitive, uncaring, spid, or many other ways of describing them. The world is quick to criticize. You are not looking at this problem the way I am looking at this problem. What is wrong with you? You are part of the problem. With that very phrase, you are part of the problem, being used more and more frequently from every different direction, regardless of which problem the person is speaking to and personally prioritizing. But what is not happening, except by a quiet few doing their best to do their jobs in the din of shouting and finger-pointing and problem-highlighting around them, what is not happening is our looking together for the solution, or more accurately, solutions. We have been fixated on the problems. We are so fixated on the problems that if the solutions appeared before our eyes this very minute, few people, if any at all, would even recognize them. And as the disciples were walking on the road to Emmaus, discussing their problems, Jesus drew near to them, but their eyes did not recognize him, the text tells us. What are you discussing, Jesus asked. They respond, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem that does not know the real problem here? Have you been living under a rock? That's what they're asking. The Romans killed Jesus. Do you not know that? Why is that not the only thing you're focused on right now? Stranger, you are part of the problem. Not only that, women went to the tomb and came back saying it's empty. Then some of the other men went to the tomb and came saying that it's empty. 
What are these fantasy ideas? They are part of the problem too. Jesus responds graciously, however. He walks with them and begins to describe how the problem that they saw was not the problem. That the solution is knowing that what they saw as the problem was actually foretold by the prophets that if Jesus had not died, that would actually be the problem. But all along they could not see Jesus because their focus on the problem as they perceived it blinded them to his identity and the truth. We then get to the end of the story. They arrive in Emmaus. They invite Jesus in, and upon sitting down at the table, Jesus, with a connection to and foreshadowing of the experiencing and seeing Jesus in the Eucharist, Jesus breaks the bread, gives it to them, and suddenly, with their eyes finally taken away from the problems which they had been fixated upon, the disciples realize that Jesus is there with them and had been all along. Today, medical personnel and researchers are providing care and seeking solutions. What the world needs is for all people to do what they can, and that particularly among those of Christian faith, that is to uproot vice and implant virtue, meaning, especially in our current circumstances, care for one another instead of accuse one another, pray for one another rather than chastise one another, speak love and mercy rather than hate and anger. Eventually, even if it is long-lasting, the current problems will come to an end. We'll all go back outside. We'll go to the shops, the theaters, parks, and more. Let us live according to the life of the risen Jesus, so when that day comes, we step out to meet friends and not enemies. Happy Easter. Amen.